Are you a hybrid athlete who wants to learn more about how to combine your strength and endurance training? Well, I've written a new book, The Science of Hybrid Training. In this book, I provide insight into the misconceptions surrounding strength and endurance training by distilling the past 50 years of research and drawing on the conversations I had with great scientists, coaches, and athletes on the Progress Theory podcast. This book is essential reading for hybrid athletes and coaches who are looking to understand the key training variables and their effect on the simultaneous development of strength and endurance performance. Get your copy now, available to buy from Amazon. Now, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Progress Theory podcast. And today we're doing another roundtable. This is episode four, and we're focusing on reflective practice. The saying goes that we don't learn through experience. We actually learn through reflecting on our experiences. This is so true and provides the central theme for this roundtable. In this episode, myself, Daryl Green and Matt Tyler talk about how we've reflected on our past experiences and what strategies can we use to maximize this process. Once again, the Progress Theory podcast goes through some personal experiences. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Please remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, leave a comment or a review on our iTunes, follow us on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at progress underscore theory underscore. This is the Progress Theory Roundtable and we discuss reflective practice. So round table number three, we went through uh, our opinions on developing mental toughness and mental resilience. And one of the key things that kept coming up was how we perceive stress. And by introducing us to different situations where we have to sort of go against stress and enable us to become more resilient, the only way we are able to become more resilient was actually reflecting on the stress that we just went through. So it allowed us to reframe what that was and we were able to uh, approach different, more challenging tasks in a different way. So we thought it was the natural progression to actually do a roundtable on reflective practice. So I'm going to throw a question out because it was probably the question that I wanted to ask uh, the most. So I thought, screw it, let's do it first. Uh, Is there a particular... Let's keep it to sport. Is there a particular time in your sporting career that you think you've reflected on the most? Uh, and what, by reflecting on it, what has it taught you? Oh. I, 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 I threw a grenade for the first bit. Mm. Massive grenade, that. Uh, I don't know if I can pinpoint any particular moment that, has been the like had the biggest reflection or has been the most positive. I think it just I just reflect off everything that I do when it comes to sport and training and exercising and um if we're keeping it to that. Um and I guess for me it's it's the only way I'm gonna well I'm obviously gonna get better by doing that. Where that'd be the reason why I'm doing it, but to pick a moment where I've needed to use it the most, um, 
I can't really like point one out. Mm. It's, it's just become a regular practice for me every time. It, even to the point of like in between a lift, I'll have a very brief moment of reflection on how that lift went and what I need to change maybe in the next time I approach the bar, if anything, or um, even kind of visualizing the last lift, if it was good, that's a, a technique of reflection for me. Like I can, I can see that it was good. It felt good. Just becoming aware of what it was. Um, but yeah, like to pinpoint a specific moment um, that's actually changed my performance as a whole. I don't think there is one. I wonder if that, that is the, the best thing. Like I've asked that question to like hear of some key point in everyone's lives to like, oh, that was uh, one of the things that, I've, you know, I've reflected on the most and that's led me to become more mentally resilient. But ultimately you've described a very ingrained habit or structure mm. that you reflect on everything that you don't view past experiences as like really positive or really negative. They are just past exp experiences. So you then end up, each experience becomes positive because you have that structure, you have that habit of reflecting on them and you take away the good parts to actually make you better in, and help you in the direction that you want to go. Yeah, completely. I mean, I'm not saying I disregard any of the bad parts because generally those little, those little parts of that were a little bit negative potentially would are the ones that I'm going to change. But when I hold on to the positives or look back at the positives, which we're really bad at as humans anyway, um, it, 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 it's only going to build my confidence when coming to it next, because mm. I'm picking out the really good parts of each moment and being like, actually that time, this was good. That time, this was good. Um, so when I then come back round to it, it's like, actually that was really fucking good. But <laughs> um, I think that's like what you said there, like, I think, even when we go back to, I remember when I did my PT course and it was like, you know, you're meant to like, analyze, like, assess the session, how it's just gone, right? You reflect on it, write down what went good and what, and they kind of teach you to do that. But then it's, I don't, I don't think I've ever done it like formally. Like, I don't think I've ever done it formally. I don't think I've ever sat down and written down like positives and negatives, like immediately after so, like something's happened. Maybe if it's like, a while after and I'm, I'm trying to assess something as a whole whether it was like a, a year's process that we've just gone through or like you know if I'm looking to change something or like adapt going to the, into the new year like I'd time to kind of look back and reflect on it um but I'd agree with you like very much so like everyone's really easily aware of the negatives and like oh that didn't go well I need to change that for next time like oh shit I've, I've missed this like I've missed the lift I've when I was coaching golf, like I've missed a fairway, so and so has gone wrong with my swing. I need to change that immediately. But I also not kind of reflected back and looked at the, the positives enough and gone use that feeling, use that to spur you on to build confidence into like the next thing you do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I personally, if I was to constantly think about the negative and all, I'll, I'll use lifting as an example because it's quite fresh at the moment. Um, if I was to miss a lift and then all I con concentrated on why, like me missing that lift and, and why it happened, I can almost guarantee the next time I come to it, I'm going to miss it. Whereas if I pick out the small parts that actually felt really good of it, might have felt good from the floor, like getting under it was good. 
all these little bits that they might have been might have been one simple thing that was negative but if I pick out all the positive things and then going back to that lift then that's all I'm going to think about is the good bit so it, it almost that kind of law of attraction where you if you're constantly thinking of the good parts of it the good parts are then going to come you come true I want to say um but if vice you, versa would you take on this let's use your lifting example so say you said like, I felt great off the floor I felt like I moved under it and I was confident but you know like the bar got away from me in the second pull or whatever and therefore it's got you know would you not could you then take the confidence from that but like, well I know it's good from the floor I don't need to dwell on that I don't need to like over analyze that part I know I'm moving under it well you know I know that I feel strong in the receive position I don't need to dwell on that so by thinking of the positives, by eliminating the positives and making yourself aware that, no, that was good. Like, Daryl, that was good. You don't need to worry about that bit. It then also allows you to kind of magnify in on, on the, the small bit that's holding you back. It's not being negative. Going, that's the reason why so-and-so lift didn't happen. But I've got confidence in my ability because I've just, I pointed out the positives there that I can now think about whatever element of it that is holding me back. Yeah, that could, yeah, I guess that's, that's another that's another view on it, right? And that's that's that basically what you've done there is you've reflected on what I've just said yeah. in a different way. So there's a good example of it there. You gave me a different perspective on the way I was viewing it. Um, so yeah, that could be a reason why it then becomes positive overall because I've know I've done four out of five things successful, and it was yeah. just that one bit that's held me back and. It allows me to dial into that potentially, yeah. People are also too easy to just bypass. Like, instead of almost saying out loud, "Oh, the, off the floor was good," it was like people were like, they might keep that silent. It's in their head. They're scrolling through the video. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. But actually, going now, that's nice off the floor. Actually, that's I'm really happy yeah. with that. Oh, that's nice. But oh, okay, now I see the bit that kind of because from there I still actually move quite well in this bit, and so it's it's just like you said. I don't know. That's just our mindset from like our experiences and doing it or if that's the individual what do you reckon feel like is that can that come down to just the individual's take not just we've spoken about outside of the sporting realm as well mm. uh, you're a more positive person you think you're more subject to pick up on the more positive parts within your reflection what do you think i guess so i'm, I'm, I'm guessing it is uh, very much a practiced skill so the way you two have described it in because it kind of probably matches your sort of driven, more positive outlook personality. If you get 10 pieces of information from, if let's just say very acutely, you get 10 pieces of information from one failed lift, um, you, you know, they're going to consist of <clears throat> positive uh, feedback and sort of negative feedback. Um, and you're going to look at the positives almost well, put them to the side. And then the negatives, okay, you look at that in more of a positive light. I've learned that from this and we go forward. Mm. Um, so that's kind of a, like a natural thing for you to do. But some people that might not be as easy to complete. So for some people, they might just only focus on, say out of the 10 pieces of information, you get four negative and six are positive. They look at the four negative, completely disregard and almost bypass the positive ones. And then they focus on the negative negative aspects of it. That's still reflecting, but it's reflecting on in the wrong way. Mm. And 
I've noticed, and this is one of the reasons why I thought it would be a very good roundtable discussion topic, is because more and more uh, businesses, um, all sorts of online courses are coming out more about reflective practice, probably because people see it as such an important component of self-development, which is obviously very popular at the moment. So like the ways you've described it must come quite natural. For some, it might not. So being able or being able to sort of take a step back and look at it all non-judgmentally will be able to give you the skills that come to you much more naturally. Um, and no wonder there's more and more reflective type of courses are coming out. Something I don't think I'm very good at. Um, I, I don't, I, mean, I enjoy reflecting. I enjoy putting bits on, on paper now, like I said, that I, I didn't used to before. I enjoy looking back, but I'm very much like a, a bigger picture. Like, okay, let's break down the last month of training or block of training or like series of sessions. I'm, I, <coughs> Well, I'm not very good at is almost that kind of like that instant reflection. So let's say if it was within uh, a competition, like on the floor, on the competition floor, something not quite going right, being able to reflect on the last couple of minutes and adapt to the next couple of minutes based on, you know, I'll be, I'll be great coming off the floor, talking to someone about, you know, well, this one, well, this, but actually the reason why so and so didn't go well was because of, but that's not something that I'm very good at. Even I'm aware of it. I know right there in this, like something's not going according to plan. I need to process this quickly, non-emotionally. Do you think that's due to just from a, like a physical and mental fatigue aspect or an emotional aspect or? I, I'm, I'm very, I think I'm very similar when initially, like if it was competing, like not so much in training because it's, there's not so much pressure, but during that competitive environment, when I will, like Phil was saying, you get those 10 pieces of information, the four negatives would be the things I'd be focusing on straight away because, and I don't know if that comes from like the competitive drive. You're like, you're just, you're almost kind of beating yourself up because you wanted it to go perfect. You wanted to, you wanted to win. You wanted to be at the top. So initially you look at why didn't it work instead of actually what got me to finish fifth instead of 10th or something like that um and i i find i'm very i find that difficult initially like every competition i will have a post-competition reflection and i will i will go for it more with pen and paper in silence like take some time to myself and and go through it the, with what you're saying about the mental fatigue i think when we're in a very much stress situation we go back to, we almost go back to what we're like a base level. Yeah. So the more we practice it outside of that competitive environment and under that pressure, that becomes like normal routine. Um, so you, the, when you are under that pressure and that, that fatigue, you're kind of just, you fall back to that natural level that you're used to that yeah. makes sense so the longer that you would practice this is this is just me thinking about it really but um the more we practice those skills of doing it when we are a bit fatigued like our base level is going to increase and you have that ability to reflect very quickly um so just putting yourself in that situation 
almost time and time again and and getting used to having to do it i guess you yeah. doesn't need to specifically be on the competition floor you can ah. try to create that kind of that environment in a whether it's going to be time-based or with someone you're training with or a certain workout or whatever it's going to be like getting yourself back into that place of kind of like putting your, your cns under a bit of pressure and and trying to deal with how you but staying in control of your your thoughts and your your processes as well as your plan and yeah yeah it's, it's almost you having control of it like um, well, I must say, all the time I had a workout on Monday and it was like there was five little uh, three little five minute AMRAPs and they involved double unders which for me is like always been a bit of a nemesis me and Phil will joke about double unders all the time um, double unders handstand push-ups and overhead squats and I'd just done a load of overhead squats from a strength aspect at the start um, and I've gone right in my head I'm thinking I'm going to break these up so this so that as soon as I finish the last set of double unders I'm going straight on to the handstand push-ups which have become a bit of a strength and I can crack on with that and I'm in it and I'm going and the first round was like your buy-in was 150 double unders and then it was 10 handstand push-ups 15 overhead squats and I'm like right in my head I'm going to break it at 40 and 40 felt great and I was like oh hold on to this let's just keep going and 50 came around and 60 came around and 80 came around and I got to 100 and I'm like well my PB double unders are 100 and I feel great so let's just keep going so I kept going keep going I did 150 double unders unbroken for me it's a 50 double under PB and I'm like yeah I've walked in and my partner's gone you just go unbroken it's like yeah yeah I've gone well off script because now my shoulders are on fire because I've never done that before my heart rate is jacked I'm one minute 28 seconds into the workout and I'm spending like the next like 35, 40 seconds just like squatting down by the by the wall that I got to a handstand because I'm just and actually I walked away from it with a mega like reflecting on it, mega positive was like just smashed out 150 double unders. Mega negative was like my entire workout was compromised by me completely going off script and doing something that I've whether I'm not fit enough or mentally prepared enough or what, and I couldn't, in my head, I couldn't deal with adjusting to that work. I couldn't reflect right there and then on what's just happened and what needs to happen that I just, it compromised my performance for the rest of it. Yeah, well, it, uh, in that situation, it looks like to me, you just, too much output, too quick. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, but, and just... Mega positive from it, like, yeah. it wasn't me. <laughs> of the uh, that wasn't the intent of the workout right there and then you can get away with that in training though yeah you'd rather do that in training than in a competition yeah i think so but in doing it and actually in by being i guess on how i'm trying to link it in, in by doing what happened like it put me in that environment where like well i wasn't comfortable in it because i knew i i knew it hadn't gone according to plan so i've just forced myself to have to do something if it had all gone to plan i guess going from what daryl was saying to an extent i was it wasn't going to be pushing me outside my comfort zone apart from energy levels where this forced me outside my comfort zone from a uh from a mental perspective from a like a control perspective yeah yeah something i read uh not too long ago which i found quite interesting it's probably uh, quite linked to this example was uh, learning is the most effective when it begins with experience. And it got me thinking about, um, you know, the whole, Oh, I just jumped into the deep end and that was the best way of learning. 
you're not really learning from jumping in the deep end. You're learning from reflecting of that experience of just being thrown in the deep end with it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and this kind of reminds me of that, even though it's not like that initial just l- jump in, learn something new. You kind of just went in, <laughs> right, let's do this because I feel great. Oh, great. Oh, maybe not. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, probably if you went through that particular session as originally planned, you probably learned one thing. However, going all out with those dumb Londoners, you learned something else, which may in turn <laughs> be much more valuable much later down the line, especially from a competition sense. You're certainly learning about your current capabilities. Um, so you, you could argue that what you did was the best outcome of that session. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, Phil. And I think we see this with a lot of, I'm just going to like broadly term it with CrossFitters. They will do, and I get that they're, they're not wanting to compete. They're not being a bit tactical about workouts and stuff. And I, that's kind of where that almost I want to say that it's resilient. They're being resilient. Every time they go in, they go full throttle every single time. Um, and it's just it's just making the same mistake because then come the rest of the workout, they're absolutely gone. And I think they're, they've kind of become resilient to that, but it's almost like you're, you're just repeating the same problem over and over again. And this is, this is where that reflection then comes in. I think... If you have the resilience and you have plus reflection, that's when we learn. I is is this is what something that I've wrote down here after just thinking about it. But when we was going into this topic, that like you can be resilient, you can do this, you can go through bad situations, things go wrong, things go wrong. But if if you don't then take some time to to think about it and question why that happened um, during the, a reflective period then I think you're just going to end up doing the same thing over and over again. Um, Here's another question that I wanted to ask, because we kind of started this discussion around reflection, thinking much more acutely. So like, oh, I've just did a rep. Uh, What happened? I've just done this in my session. How do I reflect on that? Um, And the more we've discussed, we've started to indicate that there are times where we take a little step back once it's all finished once the fatigue's gone once the dust has settled to actually go through a reflective time to try and understand what and why and how can we move on from here do you guys have a particular strategy to try and enhance reflective practice if you're thinking more broadly and uh, not so much from like i'm reflecting directly now on, on what has just happened um I actually, I did used to journal a lot, which I, I kind of, that's a, to me, that's a reflective practice. Like I used to just take some time at the end of the day, um, five minutes, and I'd just write down what what happened in the day. And then I would see what happened. I'd be like, oh, why did that happen? I'd just almost question every little, every little thing that went on during that period. And wherever it be, whether it's post-competition or daily or, I mean, and sometimes look back a lot further than that, like from when I left the army, um, like what I've done between that period now and 
but yeah, journaling has definitely been something for me. Um, and the way I do it is I literally just question. I just question why, why it's happening. Um, almost what kind of, I get quite deep in it, if I'm honest, like what kind of feelings, what kind of thoughts, what kind of emotions it's given me at that time. Um, and then next time it comes to something like that happening, I know, I, I almost know why it's happening and I can almost like get a grip of it, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I don't, go, I don't go quite as formal. It's not, well, it's something that is like, it's something that we would recommend to our clients. It's something that, you know, like I go back to being at school and PE classes and it's all about kind of, you know, can you fill in your, your sheet after your session plan or whatever you've done and, you know, reflect back on what went well, what didn't go well, why, how did people like it, how did people react to it? Like, and it gets drilled into, but it's not something that I've carried on formally, I guess, but something that I did, like I can reflect, I can look back and, and reflect on, people take the piss out of the fact that I can remember a workout I did, uh, whatever, let's go back to an open workout and how that went and I can almost exactly minute by minute what bit was tough what bit fell apart what bit was good at and these are things i haven't done in years and i can still talk to i could bring up old rugby memories with phil where i will remember phases of play of things that have gone on and like so i've always had quite a like particular like focus on that and most of my reflection will be performance based i probably don't do enough um self-reflection as such like you know what are things that that drive me like reflecting on elements outside of that, that kind of uh, competition window of like just pre-comp during comp and post-comp, like, you know, what's, what's my sleep been like over the last God knows how long, you know, reflecting family stresses and bits and bits of that. It's, it's something that I've probably been guilty of just like kind of sweeping under the carpet and uh, moving on with, um, which I think plays a mega, mega part in it. Um, but maybe I've, I've had that view of like it's kind of trying to get the good habits in place first the bottom of the pyramid trying to get the good habits in place first and kind of look after you know if someone if someone wants to learn to do a pull-up in the gym you're going to work at ways that you can kind of strengthen the muscle groups needed and and develop the motor skills needed in order to do a pull-up it's probably won't start reflecting back on well, what's your sleep pattern like to, to help you perform better in the gym it's something that you would eventually get to i guess as they progress um but uh but it's definitely just talking to you guys now just things going around in my head and i'm like oh yeah i could definitely spend a little bit more time actually you know all these i don't know if you can see on amazon and like yeah um adverts on instagram and stuff like that now just pop up and recommend like buying a, a diary that asks you all these questions of how you've got on each day and you write down your workouts mm -hmm. and i always look at them and think oh that's a good idea well funny actually i've actually got this one <laughs> there you go. yeah it's called the six minute diary. That's literally um, it. Yeah, almost. It's just, it's like a prompting. So, because you do just brush things under the carpet and kind of get stuck in the the way life goes. It's almost like you're just, you just get caught in the zone and um, you keep, keep doing the same shit that you don't really like doing, but you're, you're just doing it because you feel like you've got to, do, almost got to do it. But, um yeah i think it's it, for me it really helps um it may not help for everyone but um personally <laughs> almost not as as well for my awareness of myself and 
uh, what's going on in my life, not just training. Uh, I, and I think that maybe self-reflection is probably, or some self-assessment on how things are going, is that would be the base for me. That, that's my opinion. I think maybe that should be the base. Like you look at those simple things in life that maybe you're not doing as well. Um, yeah. I'm like you, Daryl. I'm I like writing. Mine was here, but it's just got yeah. a leather bound. It's just a course yours is gonna be leather bound still. <laughs> I got it for completing my PhD. He's a doctor, of course he is. Leather do you write in like a fountain pen? <laughs> calligraphy calligraphy. No, calligraphy. That's, a, that's to the office actually, but I was given a fountain pen. Uh, I think for a birthday, not not when I did that. But um no, I, I'm the same. Love the idea of writing because I think it forces you to have to <clears> stop what you're doing and like you got to get yourself in a comfy position to write. Mm. You know, like, rather than like if it's on your phone or computer, you can just kind of pull up a tab and like it all just kind of comes into it falls into part of what you were doing anyway. But I like the idea of you two like sitting back, sitting at your dining room table in your office, whatever you're going to do, and having to take a minute to just write down and, and think about it. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of what I've developed. So you know how what's popular at the moment is like, what's your morning routine? Well, I get up at three in the morning and I go for work and meditate for an hour. No, you fucking don't. But so, <laughs> so what I what I've tried to do is I you know I want to get in this reflective practice and I've tried to take in some examples that I've heard from of some podcasts and stuff like that. And one of them was from um, the book Mastery. What's his name? Brian Green, where he recommends like 20 minutes a day, just journal, doodle, whatever you like to call it. Uh, and there's another one by Angela Duckworth, where she talks about morning papers, where every morning get up and in three A4 sheets of paper, just write, just write whatever's in your head. Mm. And ultimately, all of these ideas that you've reflected on start to come out, but you're unconsciously just sort of like throwing up on the page. And that's without having, you know, the whole thing, mm, I'm reflecting now, what am I going to write about? You know, you don't have that boundary, you know, the boundary's gone and you just sort of get everything out and you look at it at the end of the half an hour and you're like, whoa, I've just come up with that. Um, I don't necessarily do those. I try to do something similar. Uh, but I've kind of tried to adapt it to me. So I don't have like a particular time where I get up and and journal. Um, it can be in the morning because I do feel a bit more creative at certain parts of the day, like say early morning, late at night, usually like between two and four, I'm useless. So I don't do anything like that then. But at the same time, I try to have it near me. So in two instances where one that might just, you know, loads of information, loads of ideas just suddenly come to my head as right. I've got something there to quickly write it down because I, it really irritates me when I think of these great ideas. And then like 10 minutes later, I've been distracted by something. I come back to it and I've completely forgotten it. That irritates me like hell. So I was like, right, try and get rid of that. Like always be uh, aware that something could come to you really quickly and you can, you can write that down and allow you to reflect other times are uh, say I might be having a bit of a writer's block or you know there you know there's times where you're like I just can't get going with with work so I you know I just take a minute to like breathe and just write shit down 
Um, so those those are kind of my strategies of like you've got journaling. Well, that's sort of like my random uh, practices of journaling that seems to write for me. Um, and it's definitely helped the fact that I haven't tried to structure, you know, this is my half an hour where I'm going to journal today. You know, I could journal anytime. Um, and it just allows me to, I feel much more comfortable doing that. Um, it allows you because, you know, life is chaotic, isn't it? You can never really plan ahead too much. You can have a rough idea, but if you're really like strict, oh, I missed that. Oh, I've got to wait till tomorrow. So, well, no, you can, if you've got a spare five minutes because you're something comes to you, you know, do it then. So those are, those are kind of, my practices and funny what you said about tyler about learning on this podcast because what one thing i've liked and wanted to get out of this podcast especially the round table is this is my reflective practice right now um you know just saying it out loud you know ultimately you write stuff down because you're recording reflections well i'm recording my reflections but i'm just saying it out loud and speaking it speaking to you guys so it's kind of like the same thing so any new ideas that I have, like I can use you two as a bit of a sounding board and it, it really helps. Like I come out of every round table with new ideas. So you, know, you, could, you could argue like, you know, just journaling isn't the only way, you know, find ah. a way of reflective practice that works for you. Yeah, totally. I think ultimately it's just, um, just, but you just, becoming aware of what's almost happening. Um, whether that, like you saying, you get an idea and it, like you're, you're so much more aware that that's coming to you and you're like, I better get this down now because in 10 minutes time, I'm, I'm going to forget it or there's potential for me forgetting it. Like you've, re you've reflected on that because it's happened to you. Like you've come up with some good ideas before and you've lost them just because of distractions. Like, and you've now become aware that that can happen. So you've just made sure you've kept that leather bound book with you. Mm. Um, Put it in a satchel, walk around with it. Yeah. And almost it cannot kind of like you say, when you have that block from work and you just start writing shit down, like you're almost dumping all the stuff that you don't need in your mind at that time onto mm. paper. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you, if we call that reflection or, but you've found by reflecting on that, that that helps you. Like you've learned from that, that that helps you um, and kind of gives you some mental clarity and focus to crack on with whatever it is you need to crack on with. So. Well, I guess with work, if like things are, you're doing work and you're like, oh, it's not really working. I'm just going to have a five minute break. Um, you feel really unproductive. Mm. Go and write a load of stuff down all of a sudden you've developed like, like what you said, mental clarity and you feel really productive. It's like, well, I haven't actually done any more work. I've just got stuff out, but that you can see how like your change of your perception of how work is going, you know, it changes. Yeah. Really because of doing that. With learning. So reflection, we're basically saying learning from and being aware of your experiences like positive or negative, they don't. You don't need to have a shit experience to have to adapt and change what you're doing. You can oh. and then adapt what you're doing to try and replicate that more often. Yeah, to build confidence, change yeah. your perception. Like what Phil just mentioned there, that taking five minute break from work feels really unproductive. Goes and writes stuff down, comes back, feels really productive. Like it's just it can switch your perception just 
just through those moments of like I don't know, like a brain dump, whatever you want to call it, but just five minutes from work and not go and reflect and to come back and then require another five minutes. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of uh, some people will take five minutes to go sit on their phone, won't they? Um, and maybe look up a load of shit but that might be a way of them then that can build some reflections of that because they might see some stuff that they can gain ideas from I don't know but everyone's everyone's got different like how many times you go on your phone with such a closed mindset and like I'm awful for it. I'll go on my phone out of habit, close mindset, and I'm flicking through. And I'll be honest, I'm not really paying attention to what I'm looking at. It's just almost a habit that's crept in. Versus, like, I'm going to go and look for something. Like, I might go on Squat University and look for a video that I saw the other day when I was mindlessly kind of like, and like the difference between actually using some time wisely to, like you say, to, to reflect and be productive with what you're doing, even if it's five minutes or or just literally monging for five. And I think there's a time and a place to, in theory, recharge and just give yourself five minutes to just sit quietly and grab a coffee and not do anything. Mm. But I also think it's understanding the times when you don't need to do that, but yet you just find yourself doing it anyway. I think one of your your posts today, Phil, about procrastination, which could be like another, something that we chat about, but like, you know, you were saying that some of your best kind of thoughts and things that you've learned from is when you were in theory procrastinating mm. yeah i always seem to like everyone has their vice when it comes to sort of like visual media whether it be twitter instagram mine seems to be youtube um but sometimes i found that i've ended up finding something you know they have all the uh, suggestions down the right hand side I was like, well that looks interesting oh that looks interesting and all of a sudden you're down a wormhole which looks completely different to where you started um, and yeah I guess it was a reflection on that because some of the things I've learned um, have come from just randomly learning random shit so you, you know that I, I love the sport of sumo right and that came from just finding something random from YouTube I then learned everything about sumo and from that, I've then reflected on what I think it's changed my perception of what I think elite athletes are, and especially le- uh, watching Drive to Survive with the Formula One drivers. Like you can get so narrow-minded in your perceptions of what like elite performance yeah. is, then all of a sudden you've got this sport where you've got some 193 kilo bloke, um, you know, is 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 at the top end of their sport and you initially look at them and go, well, he's not an elite athlete, but their qualities are tailored for what they need to do. Um, it complete, you know, sometimes I see on like Twitter or Instagram and that it comes from coaches trying to show that how important their job is because there's a picture of Cristiano Ronaldo and he's, you know, there's a picture of him in Man U and there's a picture of him now and he's like shredded and there's one of Bale, similar thing. So yeah, they're so, you know, that shows how physical training is important because look at them. And it's like, well, like you could be the best, the best in that sport, but how they look isn't necessarily going to be, uh, it's not going to 
necessarily be the reason why they are the best. Um, yeah. it, it completely changed my perception of what elite sport is that people are so focused on like, you know, you just need to be, um, you know, good gym numbers. It's like, yeah, that's a small component of what makes an elite athlete, elite athlete and elite athlete. Mm. Um, and it changes time. so drastically for every single sport. Yeah, I'll totally agree with that on that. Like, just on what you've said there, really, like the the perception that most people have on an elite athlete is so much more on the aesthetic mm. look of a person or what they're doing in the gym. Yeah. Um, when, yeah. When, unless their aesthetic is helping their skill set, then it could actually be hindering their skill set. Yeah. Which, um, uh, is there any. Is there any really that that as, like having good aesthetics other than I don't know, say you're competing in bodybuilding or something like that? But is there anything that that you can think of, would, which means that you're a top of your sport as an athlete? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You could argue even in CrossFit, the the most success, uh, successful CrossFit athletes in the male side wouldn't necessarily have that proper ripped bodybuilding look you've got ben oh, yeah. Smith, you've got matt fraser you've got pat velner yeah that's what that's what i'm saying like it, is there any sport that really requires you to be like super aesthetically pleasing? Like, what about something like swimming would swimming like i'm talking like so where your your shape your like or, or cycling you know where that like wind resistance or that water resistance plays a part in the shape of you and mm. yeah i mean definitely i think anthropometrics yeah. plays a large role in certain sports like you know oh. you got to be tall majority of the time to be a good basketball player <laughs> you know yeah I, I mean in that like in the morphology side of things like but i'm talking like muscle definition six packs like those type of aesthetics, I don't think they're required to be a high performer as an athlete. Um, but they look good. Yeah, they look good. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Is there... When you're, like, reflecting, are there any topics that seem to sort of keep coming up? So, like, whenever you go through your reflective practice it tends to go towards things you're very passionate about. Uh, so I'd assume for us, it's more around training, coaching, because that's what we do for a living and that's what our hobbies are. Um, but are there any others which, when you reflect, a lot of your ideas tend to go towards that? I, I, just an example, I, I seem to tend to write down what's important to me. I don't know if that's a form of gratitude or you know i'm not deliberately trying to do gratitude training but i often try and do that just to because i have so many goals and aspirations i need to try and clear the path so it makes it understandable what i need to do to get to it you know what is important to get to these particular goals so i end up writing things down and ultimately ranking them so recently i i sort of did a schematic where i was like okay what are the if you had to group things what are the main important parts of you are so one was like family one was academia one was more to around around goals towards uh with this podcast and presenting and then there was another one with an athlete and i was trying to think to myself okay like 
one, okay, everything I've got to do today must try and improve one of those four components. If it doesn't, then it's probably not going to matter. So I can either spend as little time on it as possible or sort of push it aside. Um, and then I started reflecting on, okay, what happens if you had to choose one o o over the other? So for me, if I had those four things last and probably last a long way is athlete. And it probably wouldn't have been like that six, seven years ago. Like training gym was like everything to me. Whereas now if I had to make a decision, it's like, okay, you've got to train or you've got to do this uh, particular, you've got to provide comments uh, based on a journal that was just rejected from uh, a publication. My automatic, I'm going to go straight to the journal because that helps with the academic side of those, that four piece. Um, whereas, <laughs> you know, a few years ago, probably, I probably was like, nah, screw this. I've got to go train and then I'll go back to the um, uh, journal stuff. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's like an idea of where some of my reflections have gone. And it isn't necessarily just training. Is there anything else you've tended to like reflect quite a lot on? I do. I, I'm, I'm very similar on that. What you, like you said, Phil, like almost like prior, like looking at your priorities and it's almost putting things in, in a position of actually, is this going to help me get to this? Which is like, and are like, almost aligning your priorities, matching the, the goal that you want to achieve, like, um, and if almost, is it going to, is it even helping to walk? Like, is it helping me? Is, is it going to improve where I want to be or where I'm potentially want to aim towards? I thought it's quite good. Um, that those that you said that if it doesn't, if it's not, and I'm actually going to nick this off of you because I thought it was a really good idea. When you put all four of them down and like almost planned your day, but if none of, if whatever I'm doing in this day doesn't fit in any of one of those, either I'm not going to do it or it doesn't really matter too much. Mm. Um, I think that's quite good because I think I do spend a lot of time doing, sometimes doing stuff that isn't almost aligning or having a clear path towards certain things. So, mm. Um, a lot of that sort of discussion in my head came from me realizing that to be productive feels quite good. Yeah. So you end up doing lots of admin task jobs because you're like, oh, I've got that done. That feels good. Got that done. I'm completing a list. And ultimately you could go through like this huge list during a day and you realize, well, haven't, haven't, how much have I moved forward towards my main goals? Yeah. Um, and when I was running the degree course at St. Mary's, I realized very quickly that you can be too good at emails. So if you're very good at responding quickly to emails, likely you're going to get more emails in return. And then you've, got, you've created more work for yourself, which ultimately will slow you down with the main things and wouldn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, if you took a bit of time just to like, no, I'm not going to look at emails until the afternoon. Um, it's not going to mean that you're, going to be bad at your job with the admin side it's just that you've taken time to do the things that are incredibly important to you i need to read that essentialism book i think i can't remember the author but there's a book on essentialism that follows a similar thing um uh there's probably an audio book on it somewhere yeah that sounds good mate um following um 
So I had to, just whilst you were talking, Dara, I was listening, mate, but I was having to make notes myself because going off what Phil said, I was like, I've got something in my head now. But by the yeah. time I finished talking and then we've just done that, I was like, I'll, I'll bloody forget it. So I've got to write down yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think for me, like um, like you said about reflecting on on like passions and stuff, like it's always been based on like where I am in my life at that time. Like I had a, um, got married young, got divorced young, you know, like, I, I spent some time where I was like, man, I need to actually figure out like where I am, what makes me happy, who I need around me. And like, you know, what I want to do, what I want to go home to, what I want to wake up to, like where I want to be. Um, now I, I feel very fortunate that I can like put a lot of my attention towards my training and towards work. And because I feel like I've almost set up like my lifestyle has got a solid foundation to it. I would say that, 99.9997% of the time like I'm like pretty positive happy like love everything that's going on Can't, don't really have any bad experiences to talk about as of like date um and in doing that it allows me to focus like a little bit more on like the individual plates that I'm spinning like like you know like you said feel like your four things like my training I can focus and, and reflect on those things because I know that the, the the foundation that they're based on is solid but I guess other people that don't have that solid foundation could then arguably be worrying not worrying but like prioritizing things that aren't being needing to be prioritized because it's all set go back to what we just said about the example I gave with the with the person doing a pull-up or a chin-up you know like actually you need to sort your shit out like here before you can start kind of building up or vice versa, reverse engineer it, like start working your way back down towards like getting that, that kind of core happiness, that core kind of um, self-worth as such to, to everything that you do. And then you can kind of build out from there. It's yeah. the foundation, isn't it? think you know like i've been fortunate enough i same as you feel like so go up what you said about the emails i'm awful at it now i'm like my email will ping on my phone <sighs> a message will ping like the app that we use with our clients it will ping up and say so and so's messaged you and i know that they're one of my my members they're one in my team so i've got two seconds i'll just respond and like we'll have team meetings here where i've had like constant contact with my members on a week of annual leave where they're chatting to me and some of the coaches here and I will go like three four days between mm. like touching back with them and I'm not sure if that makes them look bad or it may like maybe I'm making them look bad because I'm replying quickly but maybe I'm also replying quickly because I've not I've bought my own work I've forced that workload from just replying quickly mm. so that I get a response back and then I'm like oh shit I'm kind of caught and then my partner will say to me all the time you're on leave like put your phone down mm. I'm like yeah let's get literally it's gonna take me two seconds like I heard a quote somewhere there if it takes two minutes if something takes two minutes to do like emptying the dishwasher like how easy is it to just go you know what I'll do that in the morning and then the morning comes around and you're just like you know what I wish I'd done this last night it would have taken me two minutes mm. Like, so I heard this quote a few years back. It's like, if it takes two minutes to do, like, just do it now. Just get it done. And I guess I've kind of wrongly adapted that to things that can kind of like, you start adding in like a load of two-minute things, it kind of adds up to a big a big wasted period of time of things that didn't yeah. need to be prioritized. Do you know the coach Dan John? No. Yeah, yeah um, he has... Uh... He used to teach at St. Mary's and 
his no, it still does he's a, an adjunct lecturer he comes in the summer but um he uh has something called shark habits and it's very much like that thing if you open up an email straight away you reply it's the whole like if it's under two minutes don't let it drag <coughs> on just get it done shark habits oh, i've seen something oh crap i need to do something about it right do it shark habits <laughs> that's how he described it shark habits he's like pointing shark habits shark habits and yeah, soon enough everything thing. becomes a shark habit yeah because yeah. virtually no. everything you can do you can do in two minutes exactly then nothing nothing else gets that like nothing else that should be being prioritized gets prioritized because you've just blocked that path with with all these two minute jobs or you're like oh this is going to take longer than two minutes i'll leave it and then another shark habit gets in <laughs> and then yeah or yeah so unloading the dishwasher probably takes me longer than two minutes i've got to bend down to pick stuff up because <laughs> you think it's you think like it's going to be empty and you open it and the doors it's not being you know it's like that universal sign if the door's not fully closed like you know it's it's like it's it's good to put some stuff in and you open the door because it's not been fully closed and you realize actually someone else has opened it and looked into it and knows it needs putting away <laughs> by myself <laughs> or just, just or just opened it to get a cup out oh, you two doing this like like echo what you said phil like it's kind of left me with some bits and bobs that maybe need prioritizing a little bit more mm. that, um those questions like you were saying like asking like what do you want to come home to are you happy where are you going like i still ask myself them questions now and i only think that that's normal to do that just to make sure that i'm not getting stuck in like the hamster wheel of life where i'm just going about the same thing daily because it's just become normal I ask myself that question whilst I'm looking at my partner and I ask it out loud. I look her in the eye and I go, with you. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just um, yeah, I think I only think it's natural for me anyway. It's quite, I, I quite like it to it almost realigns everything again. And um, sometimes you can get lost in just too much doing and not enough thinking. Just getting, yeah, like you say, you just start following that same path, didn't you? And just, yeah. It's not, and I did. And I can, I can reflect back on that because I did. Like as I was caught up in the golf industry, it just fell into it, did it. I don't know, that was it, and kind of like it was earned the money that you needed to kind of have a house. Wasn't happy with the house. Wasn't happy with the marriage. Like all of a sudden, like you suddenly realise that everything. Like you're like, oh shit, how has this happened? Like every single thing I'm doing, I'm just doing because I've just, I've just somehow made my way to be doing it. Yeah. And then when you change it and you change and for you in your head, you're like, you reflect back and that was the, that was the best thing I've ever done. Like, I can't believe it's taken me so long. Even you just see the people around you like, wow, that was brave. You did, you know, that was scary. And you're like, well, it wasn't, well, it, I just, it was almost more so scary when I thought about the other way. It's more so scary if I thought like oh, this is how I'm, this is how I'm going to spend the next thirty years doing this. Like no chance. It's almost like a, a wake up moment. Yeah, I think, I think. Yeah, I think some people don't don't do that though, do they? They don't take this that time to to reflect on what's going on. Um, uh, or maybe it's too late. Yeah, yeah. But maybe not. Like they might reflect on mini events that are happening. Like if they're if they're in business, like a meeting, how did it go, or a job that they've secured, something like that. But 
I, that's still just getting caught up in the wheel of doing all these little things that probably aren't even bringing you any fulfillment. You just and what you're doing it for. Like, yeah. why, am, why am I getting up and going to work and doing this? Why am I? Why do I work? Why do I do this? Do I work for finances? Do I work because I enjoy it? But if you're working, some and when I was looking to leave the golf industry, I spoke to some of my mates about you know like. I don't really know what to do. I, I even looked in like, this is so not me, but just to get out of what I was doing, I even looked into like a sales job where I was going to be based in Guildford, which was going to be like a 90 minute drive from my house. And it was on the road and I can't sit in the car for longer than 40 minutes without like feeling like my back's going to explode. And, and I was like, but I just needed to get out. But I spoke to some mates and they were like, you know what, Matt, I'll be honest with you. I hate my job. I hate what I do. The only re- it earns good money. The only reason I do it is because it, it it provides an income for me to spend my four weeks a year going on nice holidays and you know doing like having a nice car and that type of stuff. And for me, it was like that's like go back to what we were saying with like foundations and like I I couldn't do it for forty eight weeks of the year. They you know I mean? suffering inside for four weeks of <laughs> happiness. <laughs> But I think there's got there's got to be millions of people out there. There's got to be millions and millions. I bet. I bet if you gave him that perspective, you might think a little bit different. I think. Yeah. Well, just I guess it depends on how much and well, I don't know how much yeah. would it, how much would it take. And I don't think for me, I don't think there's genuine. Yeah. There'd have to be so much money that after one month I could retire from it. <laughs> I'd, yeah. do it for, I'd do it for four weeks and then have to quit. It's like, like I. Uh, the job the previous place I was at like I kind of become unhappy there working like I enjoyed doing what I was doing but just didn't I wasn't enjoying going to work if that makes sense but I'd enjoy doing what I was doing there and at like there was times where I was questioning right I'm just going to rejoin the army because I knew I didn't like doing I didn't like working there so but I knew the army's quite familiar for me um it would bring me bring me money and uh some security because i didn't know where else to go but um then like almost reflected on that it's like actually i did leave for a reason left the army for a reason um let's try another route if it doesn't work it um i'll just keep trying or try something else and so i bet you both look back and look at those tough situations and the tough decisions you make with a a kind of fondness because ultimately they were tough decisions but they led to where you are now yeah you often i don't i found with any tough period of life that i've been through you think oh i'd hate that i learned from it but i hate it you know real bad memory but sometimes i look back in it with a certain fondness because i learned so much from it that's yeah. because that's just the way you're wired as well though for you've always been like, you're very good at like everything's an experience to like to, whether positive or negative everything's an experience to to make the most of and i don't think it's not something i picked up on until late until later life it's not something i'm like you know even stuff that's gone on recently you're like you take you understand what it is you understand like how or why ever it's happened and you move forward with it with your chin up and like I, t- I think that I think 
I don't know. Well, like we've joked, and I've said that there will still be there'll be friends of ours that you know when uh, Daryl, me and Phil, a couple of years above us at school. There's a group that basically of all these uh, guys and girls that got married to each other, like the friendship they were all married, and like maybe all but one of them now, Phil, are like like they're all divorced, they're all split up. Is it two? Like one or two of them, and like, and you kind of laugh and joke and stuff, but like. Without a doubt, there'll be more people we know that split up for marriages that may be like unbelievably unhappy right now this second, but just to getting through it because like they tell themselves a story of um, you know like things are tough you know like you should be unhappy sometimes in marriages like that's just what happens. So like my parents were always unhappy. They tell me all the time. <laughs> You're like, what are you talking about? No, you shouldn't. You need to like you need to prioritize. You need to reflect on why you're doing all this and and prioritize if you're happy like the chances are you're going to reflect that happiness onto the people around you if you're positive and like you're going to reflect that to everyone around you and even if someone is mega negative as a person even if they like pretend put on a smile because they see that you are like all happy they're going to start to like mirror a little bit of that positivity if I go home after a day at work every day and say to my missus how much I hate my job and stuff, she's either going to say, you have to leave because, as in, you have to leave the house because I can't take it anymore. You're so negative, you're dragging me down. Um, or she's going to be like it anyway. She's she's going to see that and start to complain about things that don't need to be being mm. complained about because you just all merge into the same thing. Yeah. Do you think um, people find it hard to distinguish the difference between hard and unhappy. So like every, the marriage couple that you described, everyone's going to go through hard times and difficult times, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are unhappy during those uh, hard times. Whereas hard times and you're miserable, that's completely different. Um, yeah. yeah. I wonder if people find it hard to actually separate the two and they assume it as one. So it goes back to your example of, oh, you know, marriages are harder. My parents are always unhappy. It's like, well, you know, th there's difference between a struggle and then like a struggle that's making you absolutely miserable. That wasn't my parents, by the way. I just use it as a, a yeah, yeah. They are well unhappy. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's where like the, well, my opinion would be where the awareness comes into it, right? Where people maybe need to reflect on it. Well, if you reflect on it and you know, actually, this is the route that I want to be going down, it's just a bit harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm reflecting on it and this is not where I want to be going and I'm going down there. I think, okay, I'm going to try and turn it round. That might be hard or I'm caught up in this. I can't do anything about it. I am unhappy. Like, yeah. I think you are. Yeah, I think there is a big difference. I think hard is changing job and not being able to afford the mortgage payments, right? That's hard. Unhappy is changing job, not being able to afford the mortgage payments, but actually despising the person you're living with or or the things you're doing and or well, the person you are. Yeah. Yeah, or that example there where it's hard. You've changed jobs. You can barely afford your mortgage, or you've changed jobs. You absolutely hate your job but you still can't afford to pay them. You're still struggling to pay the mortgage. So I'd rather get, get rid of the miserable job and make it hard somewhere else in a job that I could, that I did enjoy. Um, and just hope for progression there. But, um, 
Sorry, yeah. like everything we do, we basically, you need to have the ability to be able to reflect on it in order to grow it, move forward and grow with it. Otherwise, if you don't reflect, you're just... Yeah, and that, that's why it's so important to have your own way of reflecting. Like, try different ways, because um, ultimately you're not going to improve your own self-awareness if you don't reflect. Um, but everyone's approach to self-reflection, I think, is very different. So you've got to go through phases of trial and error until you get something that works for you. Yeah. Right. And ultimately, like, those those reflective periods that you have, they will almost dictate future choices you make. Um, Which you can reflect on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, just a one big circle, isn't it, really, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think it's, it's continuous and you're never, ever going to not need to have some kind of reflection um, because we I never... Was, I was hoping Phil's triple science was going to come back and we were going to start talking about, like, how light, like, dissipates from reflection. <laughs> Refraction. <laughs> like, like, five pages we can talk about with that, apparently. <laughs> Well, I, there are different models, but I don't think there's, um, you know, you can either go linear, linear, where it's like a, I don't know, what, so what, and then what now? So it's like reflection, why is that important? What's next to come? But we all know that everything, I, well, I personally think that every time that we reflect, it ends up being quite cyclical. God, I'm not able to say words properly today. Um so you ultimately go through that role of like, even if you do like what, so what, what now, you find more information from the what now and then you reflect on that. Okay, what, so what, what now? And you end up just, you know, just keep adding information to your your system. Uh, and I always respect the ones that go through a reflective period and they their what now is a strategy to find other questions you know, they are going a different route than most people to find new ideas because uh, they're the ones that find information that is really, really important. You know, you can you can go through a reflective practice and do things that are very similar to everyone else and follow a similar walk of life. But if you've got a reflective practice that really means that you start developing action plans that are really out there, you're, you're finding new stuff. Um, those are the ones I, I respect because it's hard to do that. It's the whole stepping out of your comfort zone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because you're stepping into the unknown. Yeah, almost chasing that, being uncomfortable all the time and learning along the way, isn't it? 150 double-unders will do that to a man. <laughs> <laughs> I am no man. I would have tripped at 40, so it's fine. I wish I had. guys that was brilliant i like how uh the topics are allowing the discussions to get deeper and deeper so i definitely definitely continue this with the next round table but uh cheers for that i've got so many ideas to go away and reflect on Mm -hmm. ironically um and like i said this is a form of reflection for me this is my sounding board um so I highly recommend anyone else, you know, you don't have to just journal. That isn't the only way to reflect, find different mediums to appropriately reflect. And it's only going to improve 
um, your self-awareness. The better self-awareness you have, the better questions you can ask yourself. And that's ultimately going to lead you to a different path that's going to be appropriate for you. But guys, mate, on to the next one. Yes. See you soon. See you soon.